I told myself that okay, every day I should do something that scares me, you know. And if something scares me, I should do it. Like obviously, this excludes like very obviously stupid things to do, but <laughs> of course, like, yeah. This is more in terms of like social skills, right? Mm-hmm. Like understand why I don't want to do something. Is it because I'm scared, or is it because it's a bad idea? Mm-hmm. You know, or is it a bad idea because I'm scared? Right? Wow. Hey guys, thanks a lot for clicking on this episode. This is the second part of my conversation with Mayank. Please go listen to the first part if you haven't already. Mayank is a YouTuber. He is amazing. He has been consistently creating content for about 10 years now. And in this episode, we have talked about how content creation can help you grow as a person, why you should do the things which scare you, productivity, consistency, and a lot more. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. prioritize things in your life you said like you were unable to get on a call with me because uh, you were prioritize you were not prioritizing that you were prioritizing uh, your own work how, how do you yes. do that how do you prioritize work how do you say no man so for me uh, it's it's all about knowing right now what is the thing that i'm working towards the most what are the things what is the goal that i'm working towards and where do i want where do i see myself in the next 3 months 6 months 9 months whatever and then what are the things that are going to help me get there mm-hmm. right now as just as an example i know that for me at my company right now i'm building the content strategy of this company mm-hmm. okay like of the startup i'm building the content strategy of it i started the newsletter 6 months ago i recently along with my uh, with an, another team member mm-hmm. we started instagram Mm-hmm. for the company we started twitter we started linkedin and by the end of the month we're going to start a youtube channel as well wow so nice. so the, so that's what i'm kind of working on right and the goal is eventually to have all of this content help us in our sales process in order to like help us in you know educating our community and building our own community you know mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what i'm working towards now what are the things that are going to help me get there right mm-hmm. those things one is just focusing on work of course just doing the work right thinking of ideas and how do i think of ideas i want to uh, you know read a lot i want to watch a lot of youtube videos i want to read a lot of blogs read books that's where i get my ideas from right and also just talking to people who are working at other startups uh, you know doing similar things as me to understand how they are doing it right mm-hmm. as one thing but at the same time i know that if i keep working 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 i'm going to go crazy i need mm-hmm. something to balance my life mm-hmm. and for that i need to rest Okay, yeah. resting. So that's why recently I started playing Xbox again. Okay. I stopped playing Xbox for a while, for a long time, and but recently I started playing it again because I was like, yeah, you know, video games always rest me. So I'm like, yeah, I need that's something. It's a priority. I need to do that. Mm-hmm. All of my work stuff obviously is also on a, on a calendar. But even at work, not just my meetings, but also my tasks, everything okay. goes onto the calendar. So I know when I'm supposed to be doing what. Wow. And especially because if I make plans to hang out with someone, say two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. I like to believe, and there's something that my dad taught me, and I, I firmly believe this as well, is that the brain is meant for thinking, not for remembering. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So, if I make plans to meet with someone two weeks from now, I'll put it in the calendar right away, so that okay, one day or two days before I meet this person, I I check my calendar every day, so I know okay what's going on. You know mm-hmm. what's going on today, what's going on two days later. So that's I think that's like the fundamental of my uh, productivity system. putting everything into the calendar even social gatherings and social events like parties hanging out with friends lunches dinners all that i put everything onto the calendar so wow. that's one thing second thing is that i try to be consistent in huh. what i do 
you know like with youtube i know that i have to upload one video a week so mm-hmm. i try to work behind that mm-hmm. you know i'm just like okay if i need to upload one video a week how can i tune my life in a way that allows me to upload one video a week one of the things that i've done for youtube for example is from the beginning mm-hmm. i have i don't go crazy with my editing mm-hmm. i don't i've removed the sense of perfectionism on my youtube and okay. just generally in my life as well i think one of the ways that i can be more productive is to be less perfect wow actually yeah wow actually yeah, i mean if, if i can just say that again it's like i think one of the ways that i'd be more productive is that i just try and be less perfect it's better to finish things because as you finish things you get more motivation to do more okay this video was not perfect i uploaded i see okay this could have been better that could have been better next video i change this i change that but this one is done it's gone it's wow. out yeah so, so i try to do that more and more so for youtube for example i know that if i want to consistently make a video every week with having a job and before while also being a student Mm-hmm. I can't spend more than four to five hours a week on the video. Anything more than that, I'm not gonna. I might do it one week. I might do it two weeks. I'm not gonna sustain it, you know. So yeah, I try to s- strip the video down to the basics. I'm like, okay, what what is like the twenty percent of the things which bring eighty percent of the results of the video? Yeah, me, eighty twenty. Script of the video. It's the way I talk to the camera. Yeah, and it's having the edit in a very basic way that brings my point across in a non-distracting way. But I don't go crazy with. titles and effects and transitions and all i don't go crazy with all that because i know that it's just a distraction for me at least wow i even i am trying to apply 80 20 rule in everything i do in almost everything yes. i do the gear buying the gears or whatever it is you're taking the classes whatever it is uh we were talking about the sense of perfectionism right i yeah. heard it in maddie avella's video somewhere like he was interviewing someone and she said 97% is still an a is still so, what sorry is still an a correct so don't aim for 100 every time i do and, and there's That's one so more true. one more artist uh, a guitarist who limited himself only for three takes for every video for he limited himself for only for three takes so that that sense of perfectionism doesn't get to him and uh, this automatically results in producing high volume of content and as we spoke about it which is going to lead to uh, greater results compared exactly. to exactly exactly yeah matt develop put it in a really nice way like you're going to learn more uh, by producing 100 videos rather than working 100 times on a single video yeah man that's so true because at the end of the day as like repetition builds your skills a lot more you know yeah like as you do the same thing again and again and again right that's when you become much better at doing it yep exactly oh uh, and we... i really like your point about 97% is still an a like it's way better to have 10 a's mm-hmm. at 97% rather than one a which is still an a at 100% you know mm-hmm. and one more thing uh, i was watching this interview of tanmay bhat uh, he said he said instead of getting uh, wait let me remember it how he said it uh basically the point was get more number of experiences per year rather than getting number of years of experience so true man so true he means to say so like try uh, try variety of things try get different experiences because that is going to teach you a lot of things yeah man so 
you you are one your recent video was about social media right i i am big about this i talk about social media detox relationship with social media even my uh, i have written like three newsletters only on social media and how the relationship would be how do you describe your relationship with social media what are the positives and negatives uh, and how do you prioritize because we talked about prioritizing also uh, you were prioritizing more on your work and uh, your content creation strategy so is social media distracting to you i think right now mm-hmm. because of the things that i've done which i talked about in my video mm-hmm. you know the way i've made my social media such that it doesn't actually distract me so much anymore i think for me i've been able to get out more of the positives of it and i've been able to reduce the negatives of social media Mm-hmm. um exactly. and i speak about how i did this in my latest video so yeah. if you're listening to this podcast you should go check it out and link is in uh, the notes bro guys everyone <laughs> but essentially to to kind of recap what i said in the video is that i now have not now i for the last 3 years i've had two instagram accounts mm-hmm. one which is a private one one which is a public one now now that i'm like i have like an audience and a community it may make sense to have a private and a public one but i've had this even before that and the reason i started it is because the private one i follow only personal connections and friends on that okay. you know and the public one is the people i only follow like ins- inspiring people on that and i follow yeah. you on my public one you know yeah so like i only follow people who if i look at their content i feel happy i feel inspired okay when it comes to friends and personal connections i think feeling happy or inspired by looking at their content it really depends on your own personal state of mind as well because mm-hmm. this is where the concept of fomo comes in where you're like you're looking at other people doing different things and you're like man i wish i was doing that huh. and it's very natural it happens to everybody so yeah. for me the way i have identified that for myself yeah you know it distracts me more when i look at what my personal connections are doing because for important people i know mm-hmm. what they're doing already because i talk to them mm-hmm. right yeah the rest of them i don't need to be seeing every single day what they're posting on their story exactly yeah right and so and even for my important friends i don't need to be seeing every single day what they post on their story like it's better i talk to them once in a week once in two weeks and i really get it from them that okay what have they done that being said though so i've done that that's helped a lot and mm-hmm. my my private instagram i only check it like i would say once a week or so mm-hmm. out of curiosity because i was saying that being said there is value in looking at what my friends are up to because it kind of gives me like these topics of conversation for when i actually meet them yeah right? and every now and then you know I, i might find something interesting which could lead to a conversation or whatever but i know that if i look at the cost and the if i look at the cost benefit analysis it makes if i just like see that only once a week or once in 10 days or so it gives mm. me enough of the benefits with while minimizing the cost yeah so that's one thing that i've done which has helped me a lot second thing is that on my public one which is like the one that i use the most hmm. the people who i follow on that i'm very limited about it like in a sense that if someone i'm fo- who i'm following on that is not making me feel that good anymore i unfollow you yeah know? or i wouldn't even say is not making me feel that good anymore even if it even if it's neutral hmm. i'm like why should i have something that's neutral you know like it should only be positive right yeah And yeah yeah exactly it doesn't cost me anything to follow or unfollow so let me just unfollow Hmm. So, yeah. so that's what I kind of do. I may be a little bit ruthless about it. Maybe some people might feel bad about it, but I'm just hmm. doing this for myself, and that's what's helped me. The third thing is though that this is like a unique challenge of being a creator, which is that okay, on the one hand, 
I love sharing things with my community. I love mm. sharing things with the people on Instagram. It's brought me a lot of opportunities, but it can sometimes lead to like a toxic behavior of like oversharing on Instagram yeah. just because I want people to respond to me. Sometimes that happens, man. Like, you know, sometimes you feel lonely. You, you feel like you want validation. You post something just because you know, you're going to get a lot of responses. Mm-hmm. That can be a good thing or a not so good thing. Like for example, when I was in Los Angeles, I moved there all by myself. I was completely alone. Mm-hmm. Having Instagram there to like post about my journey and my experiences and people responding to me and me having conversations with people mm-hmm. that helped me that, that gave me a sense of community, which was, which was needed for me at that time because I didn't have any friends in the new city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had to do that with the balance as well, because I also had to make friends in the city. Yeah. So it's all about, I mean, to sum it up, I think for me, it's all about having a balance. And I think sometimes I have a better balance than other times, but I mm-hmm. try to always just have a balance, use the 80, 20 rule uh, mm. to like, okay, what are the things which are really going to bring me benefit and how can I reduce the costs? Mm. Yeah. I, uh, even my relationship with social media has changed a lot in last two years. <laughs> I think I talk about this in every podcast, but but yeah, it's, it's important because even I'm, I'm, I'm very intentional about what I post these days. Uh, things that I post on story are like, if I hang out with friends and if I genuinely have fun, yeah, I do that. And music related stuff, because I love music basically. And, and if some artist is doing really good or my favorite artist is putting out a new content, obviously I'm going to share that. And if some, if I find something about which I can make a good joke about because I like making jokes. Yeah. I, so I, I share those things, but before this, I used to share everything that is trending right. just because it is in trend, right? Just because I wanted to get that attention. I think, yeah, that's totally. a, yeah. Curating uh, our social media is, is one of the most important things. I, uh, there's a little bit echo in your mic. Is it better now? Yeah, no, it's good. Okay, good. Yeah, I talked about this in my recent social media, uh, uh, my recent newsletter also, which was related to motivation. Uh, I actually have it on my Instagram. There I talked about how I use my social media for daily dose of motivation. I have curated my newsfeed. Uh, I have started following uh, people such that like they inspire me. For example, if I don't feel like playing guitar and I start scrolling social media, I get only good guitarist posts over there and I see that and I'm like, shit, dude, I should be doing that. If I come up with a new exotic scale, I'm like, let me learn that scale. I just pick up my guitar and start learning that scale. So that motivates me to pick up my guitar. So it's as you put it in your video, hammer is a hammer. Yes, which is a great point, which is a great point. Yeah, man. And I think what you're doing is exactly the same thing as what I'm doing also, which is that I just try to follow the people that inspire me so that when I browse Instagram, it's not like, I don't, I don't come out of it feeling drained. You know, I feel come out, of, I come out of it feeling inspired. Exactly. I think I still have to, you know, um, curate my social media more because I have to unfollow a lot of people. I was thinking of creating a personal account again, um, which I've been thinking for a long time, but I'm not taking action. Maybe I need some motivation for that also. Maybe I'll do it after this podcast. I'll just go ahead and create a private account and unfollow everyone in my main account and start following them there. Yeah. So what do you think is the one most important thing for a YouTuber? Authenticity. 
Oh, wow. Authenticity. I think not just for a YouTuber, for anyone trying to build a personal brand online today, mm-hmm. it's all about authenticity. You need to be genuine. You need to be real. You need to know who you are. I think the way to be authentic is to first yourself be authentic to yourself. Yeah. Don't lie to yourself about who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and really understand that, you know, what are the things that you stand for? What are the things that you like to talk about? What are the opinions and views that you have? Right. Mm-hmm. And once you know that about yourself, express it in the best way possible online, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, because wow. today, you know, today the audience is a lot more mature. Social media has been around us for like 10 years now, more than 10 years now. Yeah. Right? YouTube's been around since 2004, 2005. Hmm. It's a long exactly. time, right? Yeah. 17 years, right? People have become more mature. People now can understand what is authentic and what is not. People hmm. can call out bullshit. People can understand when someone is lying even to themselves, right? Yeah. And if you're not being authentic, sure, you might see some success in the beginning, but you're not going to see long-term success for two reasons. One, people are going to figure out that you're not authentic and they're going to realize it at some point and they're not going to want to follow you. And mm-hmm. two, if you're not being authentic with yourself, you yourself are not going to want to continue creating content because you can lie to yourself for a bit, but you can't lie to yourself forever. You know, exactly. Yeah. So I think today it's very, very important to be authentic. Interestingly, one of the ways of being authentic or being considered authentic is also just like not having your content be super perfect and polished all the time. Wow. You know? Yeah. And if you, if, okay, just think about it. Okay. Like on Instagram reels, for example, when you see a reel that's been shot on an iPhone, mm-hmm. not super polished shot on iPhone, the text is done through Instagram itself versus when you see a reel, which is like shot to the professional camera, professional editing, the one that has been shot on a phone that seems like it's more authentic. It's like it's coming from a friend. So you pay more attention to it. Yeah, exactly. That's all. It's all about authenticity. Yeah, Joshua giving the feeling of authenticity. Yeah, Joshua told this uh, to me, like, uh, he listened to the first episode of this podcast. And he was like, uh, it was not scripted to the point. That's why I listened to it completely because it seemed very authentic. Mm. And I didn't understand that point completely when he said that. I mean, w- why? I mean, it could have been better if it was like super polished, right? But now after when you said this, when you gave this example of, you know, shot with a professional camera and iPhone, now I think I understand uh, why, why it's the case. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I think, I mean, as I said, right. When it comes to scripting, I think there's pros and cons of scripting, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like on YouTube, if you script it, if you script, okay. If you script a conversation, mm-hmm. maybe not the most authentic, unless it's meant to be like an act. Right. But it's all about being authentic. If you're, if you're putting up an act, make it clear that it's an act. If, if, if it's like something that's supposed to be natural, like a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It should be a conversation. Wow. And, uh, how has content creation helped you in your uh, career and in your personality development, man? So first and foremost, when you say content creation, do you mean just YouTube over the last two years or just overall since the beginning? Uh, I think overall we talked about it because that led, uh, led you yes. to, you know, start a YouTube yeah. channel. How has YouTube helped you? 
how youtube has helped me number one i have become it's it's weird but like i've become way more confident hmm. and and i think one of the reasons i've become way more confident is because when i'm talking to the camera so much hmm. i've become just a better speaker right wow yeah and that has helped me a lot because even when i'm not talking to a camera even when i'm doing this podcast for example hmm. i'm just way better at organizing my thoughts and putting them out as words hmm. than i was before yeah and i think exactly. the reason why that's happened is because of youtube because when i write my scripts hmm. you know the script writing process for me is collecting and organizing all of my thoughts and writing them into words which i'm going to speak hmm. yeah right and so when i'm doing so when I, even when i'm speaking to a person or in a podcast or with friends or outside at a party or whatever i've just become much better at that and that's made me more confident you know yeah. second thing is that youtube has got me a lot of opportunities because now because of my youtube channel the fact that people can find me on youtube mm. people know what i'm good at right or yeah. what i'm what i yeah people know what i'm good at right mm. and because of that people reach out to me with opportunities which mm. is which is great right and so the thing is you might be good at a lot of things but if people don't know that you're good at these things you're not going to get the opportunities right so youtube exactly. has helped me like really put myself out there a lot so that's cool mm-hmm. sec the, the third thing is that i feel like so youtube is also what got me my job that i have today mm-hmm. because what i'm doing at my job right now is very much building a community and creating by creating content yeah okay so, awesome so and and so i know that when i wrote to the ceo of this company that i'm working at mm-hmm. it was my youtube channel that really like called out to him because okay. i didn't apply for this job specifically i just wrote a cold email to the ceo telling him that hey this is me this mm-hmm. is my youtube channel this is what i've done i've built this community you know let's just talk on the phone for 5 minutes and see where it goes wow okay and so i know that my youtube really helped with that for sure so it's it's all about it's my youtube in a way is, is like my proof of work Hmm. Yes, I'm good at certain things, but you know I've done them, and you know, no matter whether I continue to make videos or whether I not, the more than 100 videos that are there on my channel, they will always be there. Like no one can take that away from me. Yeah, you know, yeah, because that's something I've done, right? Hmm. Exactly. And no one can dispute that. Yeah, exactly. So I think these are some of the ways that YouTube has helped me, and just generally, it's helped me a lot in networking. Like the reason I know you is because of YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. And not just you. The reason I know you, the reason I know Joshua, the reason I know Vikram, mm-hmm. right? Not only not only you guys as creators, but also like other creators who they find me on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reach out to me on Instagram DM. They start a conversation. We end up becoming friends. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what happened with you and Joshua. Yeah. Right. And even non-creators, you know, other people, I've become friends with them just because of this. Yeah. which is which for me is like it's pretty awesome is basically i've been able to put myself out there so it's increased my surface area for luck mm-hmm. you know yeah it, it uh, so this brings us to that point in unfair advantage right we talked a little bit about unfair advantage while talking about matia vela and his uh, uh filmmaking career before starting youtube uh i think yeah 80% of it is like a, like the hard work and 20% of it is a luck and the more shots you take the more uh, chances of uh, being lucky yeah man yeah exactly and you know one of the videos that i saw many years ago mm-hmm. which really changed the way i look at luck mm-hmm. is this one like if i can just um put it simply and concisely what if i told you that 
let's do a heads or tails. Let's do a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Heads or tails. If you win, mm-hmm. I'll give you. If so, if if I win, you give me ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if you win, I'll give you fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Would you take that or not? If you just do one flip, most people say that they would not do it. Yeah, you know, because then you have fifty percent chance of losing ten dollars. Yeah. Right? Now, what if I place the same offer to you, not one time, but if I told you that okay, let's do this one hundred times. Okay. What changes then? What do you think? Yeah, the number of chances of me winning increases technically, but it's a fifty-fifty chance still. No, dude. I mean, if every flip is times. yeah. Every so flip is a fifty-fifty chance, but yeah. Right. In uh, if you look at it, uh, look at it uh, from a wider perspective, yeah, my chances of winning are much more. It's not that your chances of winning are much more. You're guaranteed to win money at the end of a hundred because. If you flip one coin fifty-fifty, right? You may win fifteen, you may lose ten, right? Mm-hmm. But if you flip a hundred coins, on average, mm-hmm. you know fifty of those coins you're gonna win, fifty of those coins I'm gonna win, mm-hmm. right? On yeah. average, the chances of all hundred me winning are very, 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 very slim. Okay. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like, oh, if you flip a hundred coins, right? It's guaranteed that mm-hmm. you're gonna win fifty times. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you win fifty times and if you lose fifty times, mm-hmm. so I mean, let me just do a quick calculation, right? So if you win fifty times, you're gonna win fifty into fifteen. You're gonna win seven hundred fifty dollars, right? Okay. If you and it's also guaranteed that you will lose fifty times. So yeah. If you lose fifty times, you're gonna lose five hundred dollars. Hmm. Again, it's two fifty uh, plus. At the end of a hundred flips. You're guaranteed to have two fifty dollars more. Yeah, yeah. Now it makes right? sense. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's, there's. You would be <clears throat> stupid to say no to that. Hmm. Yeah. Right. It's exactly. like you're just getting two fifty dollars, right? So I look at taking shots in the same way. Mm-hmm. Understand what is, what are the upsides and what are the downsides. Mm-hmm. If you take a shot, right? If you put out a video on YouTube, mm-hmm. what is the upside? The upside, you're gonna build your skill. You're gonna like maybe your video might go viral. There's a small, tiny chance of that, right? You're gonna meet people. You're gonna just overall. There's so many upsides, right? It's a portfolio. Yeah, right. You do that. What are the downsides? Some people might think that you're stupid. Yeah. Very, very, very few people think are gonna think like that. Hmm. Okay. Like unless like you're actually doing something really wrong. Yeah. Now, that's the downside. In our brain, we often You know, downplay the upside, and we amplify the downside in our minds. But yeah. if you upload one YouTube video, sure, you know, the downside might win, the upside might you might lose, uh, or whatever. But if you upload a hundred, okay, you're pretty much guaranteed that some positive result is going to come out of it. Wow, it's it's yeah. the same thing with you go to a bar and you talk to people, hmm. right? You want to make friends, right? Hmm. If you talk to one person. Sure, you know it might be an awkward conversation, hmm. right? It could either be an awkward conversation or this guy could become like your best friend, right? Yeah. Now, that's if you talk to one person. But if you talk to a hundred people, yes, hmm. they're gonna be. Even if the chances of this guy becoming your best friend are ten percent, that means if you talk to a hundred people, hmm. you've had ninety awkward conversations, and you've had ten people who you've had great conversations with. 
Okay. I think you're going to forget the 90 awkward conversations after you have the 10 great conversations. Yes, exactly. I agree with that. So this is something which like the moment I started thinking like this, I was like, man, like there's no downside to it, but just don't place one bet place, like place bets consistently. Yeah. And that's what's, and if you do that, you're pretty much guaranteed to like have some positive outcome. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how much time do you have? I'm good, dude. good right because it's interesting that uh, you mentioned talking to people at bar uh, i went to this uh, metallica tribute show at hard rock cafe and uh, i just uh, the, there's this guy wearing a ride the lightning t-shirt ride the lightning is a band, uh, is a album from metallica i just started talking to him like is that your favorite album because that that that's my favorite metallica album favorite metal album actually so and uh, by the end of that show i got to know that he is an author he has two books published and he gave me a signed copy of one of his books and so, i'm going to be i'm going to be interviewing him on this podcast in, next month so cool man yeah so cool i i i'm pretty sure like you have had similar experiences when you were in los angeles and uh, everywhere were, actually everywhere. yeah in in paris also right everywhere like in bangalore etc yeah. uh how what what would you suggest to people like um, who are afraid of you know going and talking to people and building connections first and foremost read this book i've recommended this book to so many people and i've put it on my yeah. channel so many times read this book how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie yeah amazing book it's more than 100 years old exactly and yeah. it's so relevant even today you know that's kind of like it was after reading this book that i really started to do this more mm-hmm. not a lot of people know this but when i was in high school middle school middle school high school and even in my early parts of college i had social anxiety you know oh, okay i was i had social anxiety i was scared of going and talking to new people i was really shy mm-hmm. right especially when it came to talking to girls for example for some reason you know mm-hmm. i was really really shy okay. and not just with girls with everybody but especially with girls for some reason i was like mm-hmm. really shy right and in my first year of undergrad when i reached manipal right mm-hmm. i realized that oh man like this shyness like this being unable to talk to different people being too anxious in front of people it's kind of crippling me you know like i know that all of my greatest opportunities are going to come from people right mm-hmm. and if i'm not able to talk to people if i'm not able to hold good conversations and inspire people and influence people like i'm i feel like everyone's going to get ahead of me and i'm just going to be left behind yeah you know i had that feeling at the time and so then i started making like a active effort to become better at talking to people because i was i was not before that mm-hmm. you know i read this book at that time i started following this subreddit uh, called social skills mm-hmm. you know read because you know that subreddit was filled with other people who also did not like who also felt like they lacked social skills as mm-hmm. i felt at that time mm-hmm. you know and slowly but surely i built up those social skills i think in 2 to 3 years after that you know i was way better than what i where i was when i started and i think the way i was able to do that is one one of the core things that i started doing is that if there's something that scares you mm-hmm. you should just do it i vividly remember in my first year of college in my english class mm-hmm. there was a exercise that the teacher was uh, conducting 
which was about improv speaking, improvised speaking. Okay. Where you're just gonna be, you're just gonna go up on in front of the class. She's gonna give you a topic, and you speak one minute on that topic, completely in, improvised. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's scary. Yeah. Right. And so, when she asked that, okay, who wants to go first? I could feel that resistance inside of me. That oh man, I know I should do this, but I'm just scared. And then I literally forced myself to like raise my arm like that, you know. Okay. I was like, "Screw it, do it! I'm just gonna go. Let's see what happens." Huh. And I went up, and I was able to do. I was able to speak for a minute. It was totally fine. And I feel like that was one of the first instances that I very clearly remember mm-hmm. of me, you know, just like cracking out of my shell a little bit. Yeah. And I just did that more and more over the years, where like. I told myself that okay, every day I should do something that scares me, you know, and if something scares me, I should do it. Like obviously, this excludes like very obviously stupid things to do, but <laughs> of course, like, yeah. This is more in terms of like social skills, right? Mm-hmm. Like understand why I don't want to do something. Is it because I'm scared, or is it because it's a bad idea? Mm-hmm. You know, or is it a bad idea because I'm scared? Right? Wow. Yeah. If, if the thing is that if if the reason is that I'm just scared. I have to do it, hmm. you know, and this is something I did even recently. Like it's not even something I did back then. Like last June, right? I was on a class trip to Corsica, this beautiful island in the south of France. Mm-hmm. And one of the days, we were all on like this boat, mm-hmm. right? going from one island to another, right? Mm-hmm. And we reached a point. Uh, the boat stopped in this area where the water was like really, really nice, mm-hmm. and you know. Everyone around us, uh, so every like a, a lot of people, you know, in in our group, they wanted to just jump from the boat straight into the water. Okay. Like jumping at least like twenty, thirty feet. You know, wow. Okay. Down into the water, right into the ocean, right, and and like my my roommate Cody, he went first. Uh-huh. He was followed by two other girls, right, and then more people started doing it. And I know that's something that scared me. Okay. Right? And I was like, man, okay, this is like a moment. Either I really wanted to jump because I knew that it was safe. When you're jumping into the ocean, it's in a, in a, into a calm ocean, right? You're unlikely to drown because there's no waves or anything. Plus, the salt water keeps you afloat, right? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there was like 25 people there. So if something went wrong, also like some and professionals were there as well on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. If something went wrong, also I knew that it would not. I would not die. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was like, man, okay. The only thing holding me back is my fear. But you you knew how to swim, right? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to the stupid version that you mentioned would be jumping. Uh, yeah, correct. Even correct. Hundred percent <laughs> correct. I knew how to swim. Yeah. You know, uh, so I was like, man, okay, I guess I should just do it. And I I'd never done that before. I went up to the place mm-hmm. where we were jumping. I was like, screw it, man, I'm just gonna jump. And literally, I'm not even kidding. Like, do you remember when we were little kids in India? Mountain Dew has this ad: "Dar ke aage jeet hai." Yeah, that moment. <laughs> Actually, that's that slogan of that ad. It's kind of stuck with me all these years. Anytime I'm scared of something, I kind of just tell myself that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's motivational gyan just being spread out there through advertisement. Yeah, bro. Like. But seriously though, like at that moment, I was also like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I'm scared, but I know that after I jump, I'll feel really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I did it. And Man, you should make a video about this. This this is so inspiring. Like this is really good. 
I mean, I was with Thanks, you man. throughout the story. Like, this is a really good experience. I think. Dude, maybe I'm just gonna take the snippet of this podcast recording itself and put it, and then I'm gonna link your podcast that you should listen to the rest of the podcast. Like, yes, that should be good. Like, this is a really good story. Like, this is really good Thanks, because. Man. Yeah, I mean, as with you throughout the story, and as like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is really. But, good. but yeah, dude. So when it came to my social skills, this is basically how I built them. I was like, man, like anything that scared me, I should just do it. And then I slowly started like talking to random people in college in Manipal. I would just like randomly go up to people and talk to them, and you know, I started doing that. I started randomly complimenting people, mm-hmm. and that really built my social skills a lot. And when I was nineteen years old. Uh, in 2016, I had the privilege to, uh, you know, come to France for mm-hmm. the HEC Paris summer school all by myself. Okay. And I did the summer school for two weeks, and after the summer school, I did a solo trip for ten days. Wow. All by myself at the age of 19, you know, uh, coming all the way from India to Europe, doing like a solo trip. I was two days in Normandy, one part of France. I was three days in Brussels, three days in Paris, and during that time, I just forced myself to speak to people. You know, huh. when I'm at a bar, for example, yeah, I just speak to someone at the backpacker hostel. I was at, yeah, just speak to someone, make conversation, and even doing the summer school, you know, being surrounded by kids from all. And I wouldn't even say kids. I mean, we're all like young professionals, right? Like yeah. people from all over the world, talking to people, making friends. Yeah, it was, it was something that didn't come naturally to me, but I just put myself in that situation and I did it. Okay. So it was oh, mostly man. just like, yeah, man, what scares me? Let's just go do that. And is it was the same thing when I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. uh when i moved to la five months in la when you know when i moved there right okay. i literally just moved with one big suitcase one small suitcase my backpack that's it okay. i and a 10 day hostel reservation like a backpacker hostel reservation i didn't mm-hmm. have an apartment to stay right mm-hmm. i didn't have any friends or close family in the city mm-hmm. i was like screw it man like i'm just going to go see what happens mm-hmm. worst 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 case mm-hmm. i can just buy a flight ticket back to india and go home you know yeah in the exactly. worst case i have the money to stay at a hotel for a few days buy a flight ticket go back home mm-hmm. right that cushion yeah. was there yeah. i'm not going to be homeless right exactly so i was like yeah man screw it let's just do it like we we i went in 10 days i found an apartment you know i mm. went out to different apartments and and i found one and then after that okay basics done i have an apartment <laughs> next make friends i can't be in la for half a year and not have any friends because it's going to be yeah. fun with friends yeah exactly started going on meetup you know meetup.com yeah i know yeah went on meetup started looking for different meetups i forced myself to sign up for two or three different meetups every week mm-hmm. right the day of the meetup i used to tell myself that, okay do i want to go or not if i want to go let's go if i don't want to go it's okay like i told myself this that okay you can even reach the venue of the meetup uh-huh. but if you don't feel like going in it's fine yeah but if i made myself go all the way to the venue of the meetup usually i would follow through with it right yeah exactly except sometimes it would also happen that i signed up for a meetup i go to the venue of the meetup i see that the people at that meetup they weren't really giving me a good vibe mm-hmm. okay that's it don't have to go and nobody knows me i'm a complete stranger yeah right, right? so yeah. i used to do that at LA, in la a lot i mm-hmm. forced myself to actually after a point it was not even me forcing myself it was just me doing it you know mm-hmm. i used to go to bars by myself just to sit and read a book You know, okay. Try to talk to the bartender. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, just because I don't have friends, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I used to, if I wanted to try a different restaurant, I would go to that restaurant and I would eat there alone, mm-hmm. right? People yeah. have this thing about eating alone at restaurants; they feel super awkward. I was like, screw that. 
let me feel awkward. Just one of the things I try to do is I just embrace the awkwardness. Yeah. I'm like, yo, sitting down at a restaurant, I'm alone. People might be looking at me. It's awkward. Okay. It's awkward. Sit with it. You know, yeah. Sit with it. Let it marinate. It Eventually you get used to it. You stop giving a shit. Exactly. So I did that more and more. I joined an improv comedy class. Okay. Right? <laughs> That's interesting. Coming, yeah. Like coming from a guy who, you know, just six years prior, I had mm. to force myself to even be able to speak for one minute in front of the class improv. Right. Mm. I joined an improv comedy class and not even just improv, improv comedy. Improv. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it had to be funny. There's that pressure. Yeah. yeah right. Or that's what you think that there's that pressure, right? Yeah. I joined an improv comedy class that helped me so much, man. Like honestly building social skills, improv comedy helps so much with that. Okay. I so think I, should try I that. just like, when I was in LA, honestly, I feel like my five months in LA were like really the ones that really solidified my social skills the most, you know, it was mostly okay. because yo, it's, like, it's either like ride or die. Like either I make friends, hmm. put myself out there, make friends, have these experiences or I just work and I spend the rest of my time alone at home, you know, like, yeah, that's, I'm not uh... going to be in LA at the age of 23, mm-hmm. you know, I have the finances through my internship stipend and all to do what I want. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't have any commitments or anything like that. Like, yeah, man, like just do whatever. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you told, uh, you talked about this worst case scenario. I think it is very important to, uh, just write down the worst case scenario and have a backup plan for that. Correct. With anything you do, like if you, if you are scared that you are going to be made fun of because of your videos on YouTube, you can always go and delete those videos. Correct. You can delete those videos or, you know, if you're being, if you're being making my English, Oh God. I mean, if, (laughs) if if people, if people are making fun of you, Mm -hmm. right. It, it, it could also just mean that you don't delete those videos from YouTube, but it could also mean that those people are not the right kind of people you need to have in your life. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've always done. You know, like, I mean, you can imagine like, okay, I spoke about this in one of my late, one of my recent YouTube videos as well. When I was a ninth standard. Okay. Mm-hmm. I started producing music. Mm-hmm. Started, like I got like an insane ego, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, man. I'm like 13, 14 years old, making music. I'm the shit. I'm so good. I should record music and make it into a CD and try selling it. Okay. okay. And my music was shit. Okay. It was, I, I mean, okay. Okay. To be honest, to be honest, considering my age, mm-hmm. it was not that bad. Okay. It was a very important step for me to actually do that, mm-hmm. but it was not the best music, right? Yeah. Objectively. Yeah. And I tried selling it. I went through, I, I found a supplier in Bangalore who could, this was, I was a nine standard mind you. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, I found a supplier in Bangalore who could like manufacture CDs. I designed yeah. album art, the CD art, the back art and everything. I manufactured like 40 copies of my CD. Right? Okay. I paid for it also out of my own pocket. Right? Wow. Okay. And saved, saved up like my pocket money and all that I was getting from my parents to like pay for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, let's try selling it. I paid 50, 40 rupees for each CD to manufacture. I was like, let's try selling it for 150 rupees. Okay. Hmm. And I think 10 people bought a copy. And after that, it kind of fizzled out. And I also realized that, man, I don't feel authentic selling this music because I myself don't like it. So I don't like to sell it. I think 
then I stopped. And then I had all these CDs that I manufactured, which was like an albatross around my neck. I was like, man, that's a reminder of my failure. (laughs) 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 Okay. Yeah, man. But I, I did that. Right. Okay. I don't know where I was going with this, but honestly, like, I think it was, that was like a really important step for me to do that. Hmm. <laughs> that reminder of my failure wow yeah was... oh yeah what i was going where i was going with this was this that you can imagine the kind of like i mean i would say even to an extent bullying and hmm. i was being made fun of and it was just not a good time because people it was like a very public failure at a young age mm-hmm. in school and you know how school kids can be yeah, right? yeah. especially at that age right exactly and it was not the easiest thing for me, mm-hmm. but that also kind of made me understand which are the kind of people I want to be surrounded by and which are the kind of people I don't want to surround myself with. Because yeah. the thing is, yes, I failed, right? It was, mm-hmm. I tried doing something and I failed at it, but mm-hmm. I learned, I learned yeah. that one, I, my music is, I need to improve on making my, on my music making abilities. Mm-hmm. Yes. My music is not the best. But hmm. it doesn't mean that I can't improve. So what I learned is that I need to improve. So after yeah. that happened, I spent the next two years doubling down on my improvement and made myself even better. And for the first time, one year after that incident, I recorded a song, which for the first time I was like, actually proud of it. Wow. Second thing that I learned was that I was not really proud of the music I was making. I was more proud of my ego hmm. that I am the guy who's making music, not the music that I'm making. I was proud of that rather than the music itself. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Whereas that's why I said like, it was one year after that, that I really, for the first time made a song that I myself was proud of the song, irrespective of the image that I portrayed by making music. Right. Mm. I learned that. And the third thing is that even people, even certain people around me could, could look at the positives of that experience as well, mm. man. It was like my first entrepreneurial foray. Yeah. To like at that age, you know, manufacturing CDs, putting in my own pocket money, which I saved, right. Mm -hmm. You know, spending 3000 rupees of my own pocket money to like, uh, you know, manufacture these CDs knowing that it's like a bet that I'm taking it. It could go like it it couldn't, maybe it doesn't work. Yeah. That risk taking ability got developed there. Okay. Risk taking, not just financial, but risk taking in the sense of putting myself out there. Okay. This is it. You know, like telling everyone that this is my CD. This is what I've done. Mm -hmm. And allowing myself to be judged by people. Yeah. It was most like, important man, I thing. For, I think for me, that was looking at that time. I was like, shit, I made a mistake, but looking back, I think that was the most important thing that happened to me. Yeah. You know, You're glad you did that. Super glad I did that because it was after I did that, that I was like, man, I've dealt with it. Like screw it. Let me just do more. You know, like, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to keep putting out more music. I'm going to improve myself more. <laughs> So it's like the first time this happens, the first time you put yourself out there, it's really scary. And I failed yeah. also, you know, to make matters really solid. <laughs> Even worse. I failed also. <laughs> yeah. You know, I failed also. So it's like, yeah, dude. Okay. What worse can happen now? Yeah, exactly. Man, this is great. Like, I, I think listeners are going to find a lot of value listening to this story because I, I believe like th- this will like motivate them to put themselves out there. Uh, May it be in any format. I'm glad, man. I'm glad. And and honestly, dude, Kiran, like, I wanted to say this, uh, you know, when we were not recording, but I, I, I want to say this now, 
is like dude you're a fantastic interviewer like it thanks are, bro dude fantastic honestly like people there there've been a lot of people who asked me questions and who've interviewed me and all of that but i think during this interview is when you've been able to bring out these stories and bring out the things that i'm saying which i have otherwise not really brought out in this way before you know thanks, which bro. is which is like a fanta- which is a skill of a great interviewer you know thanks bro thanks a yeah, lot like honestly congrats on that thanks a lot it 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 means a lot to me like even like vikram actually he almost made me cry by the end of our last podcast because yeah he said the same thing and it means a lot to me when a fellow content creator uh, tells me that because you guys know actually you guys know it better than me uh, what it takes to create content and uh, yeah it truly means a lot thank you thanks a lot yes man and and i really mean it when i say that you know thanks a lot and okay. and that's why i told you that i i definitely now that i have all these uh, now that i've said these stories right i want to take snippets of this podcast and use them and of course every time i use them i'll be like yo you should listen to the full podcast and check out it <laughs> thanks man thanks a lot thanks a lot for that of course, so man. so let's wrap it up with one final question and this podcast is all about this okay what is making it to you what is uh, what does success mean to you according to you man i've had my definition of success for a long time now mm-hmm. and for me success is i'm sure that this quote is i know that this quote is not mine i've read this somewhere and it's like a version of that but for me success is when i can wake up in the morning and then sleep at night and in the middle i just do whatever the hell i want you know <laughs> that's wow. success so is like, it freedom i don't it's freedom it's freedom to do what i want it's freedom to stand up for what i believe in mm-hmm. it's the freedom to you know just make my own decisions and do spend my time in the way that i want to spend it mm-hmm. you know and that for me that is what is success it's not financial alone it's not you know in terms of having a specific kind of a role or a title or anything it's or it's not the things that i have it's what they allow me to do financially okay. financially success means that how can i live in a way like how can i earn enough money or earn money in a way that mm-hmm. allows me to do this that mm-hmm. allows me to wake up in the morning sleep at night and then in the middle do whatever the hell i want so wow for some people it may mean that okay you just have like a lot of money mm-hmm. and then you just live off the interest of that money and because you don't need to do a job to earn mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want right yeah. for some people it may mean that for other people it may mean you do a job or you choose a career which allows you to do whatever you want hmm. right so i think there's multiple routes to that yeah but for me essentially success means freedom mm-hmm. freedom yeah. from doing things that i have to do yeah more towards just doing things because i want to do them mm-hmm. i think uh, i think even my definition of success is somewhat very similar to that i want to be able to do whatever the hell i want to do it's simple but yet so profound yeah man and i think one of the key aspects of reaching that mm-hmm. which is something which is one of the most challenging aspects mm-hmm. is you need to know what is it that you want to do yeah most people don't actually know that you know yeah. like they don't truly know what is it that they really want right mm. they do things 
which society tells them that they should do or that you know it's going to look good if you do this or you should choose this career path because all your friends are doing it you know like but what is it that you really want to do and it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people and it didn't definitely come naturally to me as well exactly. in the past you know and i just always try to follow my instinct of like okay what would i rather be doing right now exactly let's yeah. just do that mm-hmm. yeah i i guess uh, you summed it up very well in the video where you talked about throwing a spaghetti right yeah. let's go check out that video again the link is in the description <laughs> so um, mike where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you well um you can find me on youtube my channel's name is myong sagals my full name m a y a n k s e h g a l okay. uh you can find me on instagram as well with the same name mm-hmm. and if you want to get in touch with me you can write me a dm on instagram i guess that's probably the easiest way yeah. for for you to do that exactly like all the links are in the description guys thanks a lot otherwise Mike. it's it it means a lot to me that uh, you came to this podcast because as i said you are one of my favorite youtubers and uh, you've been inspiring me uh, since i started following your content thanks a lot man so glad to hear that man and honestly this was extremely fun for me i like you asked me the kind of questions which made me think about things that i haven't thought about in in this way before and i feel like you're as i said before as well that you do a fantastic job as an interviewer very very happy that you invited me onto this and i definitely got a lot of value out of the last 2 hours myself you know thank so you. thank you as well yeah and guys uh, i am posting this in uh, two episodes like how do i say that my english is gone crazy so <laughs> okay i'm going to split this podcast into two parts and post it in two parts uh, go check out the first part if you haven't already because this is the second part you're listening to uh, thanks again mayank Hey guys, thanks a lot for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow this podcast on this platform. Also, you share it with your friends and family. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes and I really hope you found some value in this episode. Thank you.